Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. With me today are Kyle. Hello, it's Kyle. I play Alvin the Monstrous. Tio. Hello, hello. I'm Tio, and I play Constance the Expert. And Hannah. It's Hannah. I play JR the Crooked. So, last time, Alvin, you went to the Jackalope to try to track down Leon. Mm -hmm. Fred, the friendly receptionist, told you that he'd stopped in briefly, but he wasn't there, and that he went to the police station to recover his camera. Constance, you had headed straight to the police station. You had a brief interaction with Eve. It wasn't the best. Before uh, speaking with Detective Galvan, she uh, had a few questions for you, and that didn't turn out so great. JR, you had gone to the prospector to speak to Jasper. However, before you could get much more information, you were ambushed by the Strigoi. It attacked Jasper and hurt him pretty bad, but you were able to repel it with your skeleton key. You called 911 to get some medical attention for Jasper, and uh, when the ambulance arrived, it was accompanied by none other than your good old friend, Chief Stony Locke. I think that's where we'll pick it up right now, is back in that scene. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so the two EMTs jump out of the ambulance and seeing Jasper unconscious and very clearly injured, they sort of immediately go to him. But Chief Stoney walks up, says, well, this is quite a mess. Ah, Chief Stoney, so good to see you again. You want to you wanna tell me what happened here? You wouldn't believe me if I told you the truth. Suppose I can't say I'm surprised. You know, you uh looks like you got a bit of a, a cut there too. Why don't you uh why don't you sit tight? And he goes back to the ambulance real quick and grabs a medical kit. Um and he walks back and kneels down in front of you and, and opens it up and pulls out a needle uh, and some medical twine and a bit of antiseptic. Says looks like you need to get fixed up. So I kind of, I kind of like pull the, I've got a, well, I did have a really nice blouse under there. So I, I pull it up so that he can see that it got me with its claws, right? So it's like a, a set of like maybe slash marks. Yeah, for sure. Okay. It's like two slash marks on the, the sides of your ribs. Yeah. He sort of takes a second to take that in and then pours a little bit of antiseptic onto a, a cloth and washes away the blood. Um, and he gives you um, he gives you a shot of painkiller, just like a local anesthesia, and starts stitching up your lacerations. And as he does so, he, he sort of looks over and says, "Boy, trouble sure seems to follow you." I uh, I wouldn't blame you, you know, if you if you decided that Firmament wasn't the the town for you after all you've been through in past twenty four hours. You know, dealing with uh, rambunctious bikers and whatever happened here. Looks like another animal attack, I guess, if you're not going to tell me nothing. But here's the deal. You decide to stick around and something else like this happens. You uh, you call me direct. And with his, his free hand, he pulls out a business card. It's got his mobile number on it. And uh, he goes back to stitching you up and says, uh, you, um, you dial 911 again. I, uh, uh -huh. I can't promise you're not going to wind up in a prison cell. Do we understand each other? 
I I think so. Something not crystal? Nope. Nope, reading you loud and clear. Good. I think the two EMTs, one of them has sort of finished loading Jasper into the ambulance and the other comes over and you can see is looking over Stoney a bit apprehensively and he finishes up the stitches that he's working on, ties them off and turns around and sees the EMT and hands them the the medical kit. And you can't see his face, but the EMT has a bit of a look and then walks back to the ambulance and turns around says, I guess you try to have yourself uh, a safe day. You know how to reach me. And he walks back to the ambulance and gets in. Did that scene make sense? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I expected yeah. you to have more questions. Uh, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> like, you can cut this out if you want to, but, like, Jar is both, like, turned on and scared. <laughs> I mean, that is more or less the reaction I expected. I, I, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised that you were, were a bit speechless. <laughs> Constance and Alvin. You are in the car, you are en route to the prospector, and you sort of both receive these messages. Alvin, there's nothing, I don't think, actionable based on yours, but Constance, I don't know, being reminded about the interview that you have, if you want to do anything else, or if you still want to sort of stay the course. I want to stay the course, but I, I am going to call the the contact the person I'm supposed to have an interview with, but I'm going to call their their secretary's number or some number that I know they're not going to answer because they're not going to be at that place right that moment and go straight to their voicemail. Uh, and basically, I'm trying to leave a message that gives me a little bit of cover with my mom. So I'm just gonna kind of clear my throat for a second. <clears throat> oh. This is, this is Constance. I, um, uh, 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 I, is Constance also monstrous now? <laughs> I've become a werewolf. I don't think I'd be good for your company. Um, oh, really? Oh, no. Am I contagious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, no, 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 Alvin. You're fine. Um, okay. oh, I, <clears throat> I'm, Oh, oh! I'm really coming down with something. It could happen to anybody. It's totally probable. <coughs> I think I, I just really think I have the flu. I'm so sorry. I would, <coughs> I would love to reschedule for about seven to ten days from now, when uh, most healthcare professionals would say that I'm no longer contagious. <coughs> Uh, according to the last CDC numbers that came out. Um, <laughs> I do also want to note, <coughs> I did get my flu shot because I'm a responsible adult, but you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't protect you from everything. It's, it's the luck of the draw. <coughs> Again, I'm so, so sorry uh, to inconvenience you this way. Thank you. And uh, I think the voicemail cuts you off at this point. Of course, <laughs> before I get to actually say bye. Yeah. If you are satisfied with your recording, press one. If you would like to re-record your recording, press two. <laughs> Click one. That's good enough. He'll take what he wants okay. from that. Alvin kind of look, looks at you with like a little raised eyebrow. We stuffed a body in my storage <laughs> unit. You cannot raise an eyebrow at me playing hooky from an interview. 
So, Constance, having resolved your interview problem for the time being. But uh, not my mom problem. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. the interview was never really a problem. It was a mom problem. Really? Yeah, yeah. But for the time being, you're okay. So uh, the two of you continue driving towards the prospector. And I think that you pull up just as the ambulance is pulling away. And you see the square vehicle lights flashing peel off out of the empty parking lot where you pull in. Uh, And you can see down the alleyway, JR slumped against the side of the building with what's probably just a bad amount of blood. You know, there's like the amount of blood where you're like, oh, somebody got a little hurt. And then there's the bad amount of blood. <laughs> and this this is the bad amount for sure. You could like make a hamster with this amount of blood. Like fill I mean, I guess if you had enough hamster. surface tension, sure. Yeah. That's a weird um, metaphor. It's a deeply a weird hamster. metaphor. <laughs> a hamster of blood. That's, you <laughs> know. A blood hamster is the big bad for the next arc. Oh, um, spoilers. Look, hamster you measure kind things of how pint, you right? want. Yeah, a hamster's about a pint. What, what, you don't know what a pint is? A hamster pint. That's well, fine. Uh, Firmament actually uses liters. They're on metric. Oh, that's that's five mice per liter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, oh God, now if you had lost a cat. Woo. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> no, I mean, that's it. You should, you've arrived. <laughs> No, so you you arrive, you get out of the car, presumably, and JR is sort of in the alleyway, recovering from this attack. Hey, guys. JR, what happened? Yeah, so I've got good news and bad news. Oh, good. And well, some good news and some bad news, and okay. then just some, like, personal news. So where well, would you uh, like I me mean, to start? I don't feel very good. Can you tell us the bad news in a good way? Should we go inside where it's not, you know, outside where you're covered in blood? Yeah, let's go inside. Are we allowed to go inside? uh, Yes, we are allowed to go inside. It's fine. We can go inside. The back door is still open and Jasper is not there. No, no one's going to stop you. I need a drink. I think you've lost too much blood for for (laughs) alcohol to be a good idea right now, but sure. (laughs) Do you three of you head inside? The prospector is the same JR as you left it probably only 15, 20 minutes ago. It's still darkened, and uh, it's a quiet scene. Oh, and, and JR, I apologize. Heal one harm from receiving yes. first aid. All right. So I can totally have a drink. It'll be fine. I'm an adult. There we yeah, go. the adult part is not really what I'm concerned. <laughs> well, anyway, let's not. Let's not. That's uh, lost okay. cause at this point. So good news is the Strigoi, one of them, I'm still operating on the theory that there might be more than one of them, but one of them was here in the bar a couple weeks ago. Oh, shit. Oh. Jasper remembers. I I started telling him what it looked like, and he remembers somebody who looks a lot like what we saw and what you saw, Constance. When he saw him, he wasn't all creepy and weird. Huh. But he also said that the person was staying... In an empty dorm room and was going to hike up the Tiger Lily switchback trail. And then, hold on, we're going to get to the bad news. The Sturgoy showed up and attacked Jasper and then me. So that's the bad news. The good news is that I can do magic? What? Wait. And then the bad news is I ruined my suit. And then the personal news (laughs) is I now have Chief Stoney's cell phone. 
Okay, but you can uh, do magic? So I've got this key, and I, I pull it out of my pocket, and I got it... I got it at the last... Well, you know what? Where I got it really isn't all that important. What's important is that it... I don't know if I did something or the key did something, but I needed to get the Sturgoy away from me, and I put my hand up, and I said, stop... And then the store guy couldn't get to me. And then the key got all hot. And there were some runes on it. Like, I just thought it was a really cool key that also happens to be really good at, like, unlocking things. Like, huh. All things? Like, we can go try it on your car if you want to see. Uh, I grab JR's hand really quick and look to see if there are any burn marks. Um, nope. No. Wow. Weird weird it was warm to the touch but not hot right okay. like it wasn't scalding it wouldn't have left like a brand okay um quinn oh boy. well yes. while we're having this discussion alvin is going to kind of pace around the prospector and give it some big sniffs okay big sniffs. you are you're you're sniffing um, around looking to see if there's if there's any scent that's similar to like what he smelled at the the cow pile or at the murder scene or on the dead body in front of our trying to see if there's like a similar scent to this monster that Alvin's monstrous mm. senses may be able to pick up. So there, there is actually a monstrous move that basically lets you do this. Oh. So I'm a little reticent to let you do it without that. It's the, the like shape shifting one. Oh yeah. That does give it an investigate mystery plus one. That's true. When yeah. I'm in it and when I'm in another form, well, I'm not fully wolf scenting. <laughs> Ooh, uh, you have another move that's useful in situations like this, which is oops. Yeah. And so I think there's an oops here for you. Yeah. And some across unimportant stuff. <laughs> You're <laughs> sniffing around. And I think, I do think there is a, to an extent, a heightened sense of smell that you have. I don't know if it's good enough to pick up on something that you wouldn't otherwise be able to investigate a mystery, yeah. but you're sort of moving around the prospector and you're crossing by one of the booths and you notice there's a newspaper mm -hmm. and it's sort of folded open and there's a section torn out. And looking at sort of the context clues around it, you can tell that it is the police blotter. Oh, I pull the section that I found at the on the moonscape out. Yep, they match. I go, <gasps> whoa! Whoa, what? <laughs> what? What? What are we celebrating? <laughs> Echoes what? throughout the process. There's just so much blood. What? What? Oh, um I found this I found a newspaper. It oh. fit uh, it matches this piece cool. that we found. Oh, shit. Oh. Uh, the one at the the one you found when you were digging in the dirt? Yes. I went sniffing and I found the matching piece through my power of smell. So, you know, there's some, some good positives of, of what's going on with you. So what what does it say? Well, it just matches the piece. So we kind of already know what's on the torn out pieces. Yeah, that I guess blood, that's but true. It, so it matches. So whoever put it there was here. Mm, huh. So our, our Strigoi friend or friends have been in both places, huh? Oh, I totally forgot. I think it wants me to be a Strigoi. Did it? Did you get like a pamphlet or something? Yeah, was there so right backing up? Did magic? Not totally sure how that magic? happened. No, I did magic oh. to stop the Stergoy, and 
it said some stuff to me. It was a little hard to understand, but I remember it saying, uh, Clavis, Clavis, uh, and then it said, Jen? Does anybody know a Jennifer? Is that, that ring a bell? Jennifer? Jen? You are in a bar. And then, um, Miftalin. Miftalin? Mifflin? Hmm. I think we can brainstorm on it later, but interesting. But yeah, it definitely was like, it it wanted me to be a stragoy with it. How do you know? Is that, are you sure? Yeah, how do you know what it was? Look, it's it's an educated guess. Do you know what those words mean? Nope. Nope. Oh. Uh, so it's but... kind of an educated guess. <laughs> Alvin, I've been around enough Monsters? No, I was gonna say unsavory people to know what an invitation to join a gang looks like. A gang and of Stragoy? Just saying, it seems like a different culture, perhaps. <laughs> okay, well, regardless of what it was trying <laughs> to do, want to hear about me why was Stoney's it here? Number? No. Uh, Although <laughs> um, there was kind of like a borderline threat there. Who hasn't been threatened by the police today? I just mean. Yeah, basically all of you. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that uh, you've covered sort of the salient details and, and you fill each other in on um, anything else that, that happened that we, we don't sort of need to go through. Okay. Uh, all all again for the listeners. So oh, wait, where, on's phone. where to- Put that out. <laughs> so everyone knows. All right, now, now we've covered now we everything. <laughs> where to, gang? What's next? Well, hold on. Do we want to grab the receipt? Do we know which receipt it was? Shit, we don't, huh? That's true. All of the receipts are on the um, from the tiller on the counter. Great, They're just like a big pile. I just awesome. put them. I I grab all of them and and go. stuff them into my purse. <laughs> and Perfect. if we talk to Jasper later, we can go through them. And hopefully uh, okay. he's alive. Evidence. You collected. grab a stack of about five hundred receipts. Perfect. And, uh, bagged big and bag. tagged. I look <laughs> like a bag lady. Yes, I guess for tax purposes. Um, yes. So we got, as far as I can tell, we got a couple different options. We can go to the, we can go to the college and see what's going on there. We can go to the trail. I don't know if it's worthwhile to check out where the the cattle are being rustled from. What do you guys think? I, I think the trail is our best bet. I rummage through my trunk and I find an art project shirt from like one of my first art fairs, and it says like, "Yerba Buena Local." Second street <laughs> division art winner, third place. And I hand it to you. And how you does go. this I think shirt fit. fit? Is it like a good fit or is it like an XXL? It's an XXL. Great. It's fine. This is fine. All right. Let's go to the stupid trail. The Tiger Lily Switchback Trail is one of the most popular and prominent hiking trails on Cathedral Peak, which you'll recall is the mountain that is right in uh, its base is sort of abutting the town of Firmament. It's on the other side of the Elkhorn River. And so the easiest way to get there is actually to take the Skyway Gondola, which we haven't haven't seen much of yes! yet. Woo! I know. To take the Skyway Gondola from Riverside Park up to Olympic Heights and then to the trailhead. So the, the three of you head over and you, you approach the gondola. And I think you go up to the ticket booth and Jenny is there. Constance, your, your co-worker um, at the Visitors Bureau and History Museum. 
who you'll recall is also a, a student at Firmament and is clearly working a, a couple jobs to pay tuition. Yeah, we don't pay well at the tourism bureau. She's got a, a black t-shirt on um, and a black denim jacket, and she's sort of looking out lazily from the ticket booth as you approach. Oh, hey, Constance. Hey, Jenny. You gonna go see your parents? <laughs> um, eventually. That's where they live, right? Up in Olympic Heights? Did yeah. you say that once? Yeah, they, yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, my friends and I are, are, are headed up to, to do a little, uh, a, a little nature walk, but as always, great, great to see you, Jenny. Just a real thrill. Uh, whatever. All right, here you go. Uh, and the three of you board the tram and head up. It's an impressive view as you ascend to, to Olympic Heights. The Elkhorn River below you is, um, is in full swing, and you can see the town laid out before you. You've got the historic downtown, and in further off, you can see some of the mid-rises and high-rises, the newer commercial core. Off towards the other side, you can see the green campus and old masonry buildings of Firmament College and the more modern and sleek Colorado National Lab. And uh, you, you climb higher and higher, and eventually you reach the other side of the Skyway Gondola, and you, you are in Olympic Heights. This is, to be very clear, the rich and posh neighborhood of Firmament. The sidewalk green is is well manicured. There are these beautiful street trees. The lampposts are all ornate and antiquated in a very beautiful way. And the houses are impressive and ostentatious. You mostly skirt around Olympic Heights as you head to the trailhead, but uh, you definitely get a good sense of its uh, its grandeur. Constance, you're very familiar with this part of town as it is the place where your parents live, but... Uh, Elvin, I don't know how much time you spent up here, and JR, I don't I doubt you've been here at all since you've arrived in town. Yeah, we are much. absolutely gonna end up on somebody's next door post, aren't we? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, and in fact you see um suburban soccer dad. He's wearing bright pink slim fitted shorts and a, a polo, and he's pushing uh, two kids, two little kids in a stroller, and uh, he gives you a funny look as you're walking by, especially well, no, all of you. Constance in your, your sort of regular artistic gear, JR in your overlarge smock, and Alvin with your uh, bushy beard and um, long, almost surfer-esque hair, uh, gives the three of you a, a peculiar stare and walks a bit more quickly, and you can see him on his phone doing something, probably posting to next door. Great. See that lamppost over there? Costs more than my car, shipped in from Italy, every single one of them. Welcome to the rich neighborhood in town. JR, you'd have a lot of fun here. Hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you uncomfortably make your way through the outskirts of Olympic Heights and arrive at the Tiger Lily Switchback Trail. This uh, is a, sort of an inauspiciously named trail. Tiger Lilies are not native to Colorado, and in fact, you see none of them around. <laughs> There's sort of an informational sign at the trailhead that says that a rich philanthropist uh, who lived in Firmament in the early 1900s imported a bunch of them and planted them here, but they've all since died. Oh. So no one, no one at yep. me that tiger lilies aren't from Colorado. I know. I see you. Um, <laughs> as, as a trailhead that is embedded in a largely a residential area. It doesn't get a lot of attention, although it is regarded as one of the more beautiful and scenic trails, Constance, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's pretty empty here. 
All right, keep your eyes peeled. Perfect. All right. Anything um, strange. As we're going up, Constance pulls out her phone and just like sets audio recording on. Just uh, she she has this like weird Blair Witch style idea in her head that they're gonna need to have some sort of documentation of what what they're about to see. I mean, who would record an audio file of like monster hunting? That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's real yeah. niche. It's real Ew. niche. Um, so you you make your way up this trail. It's got a good chunk of elevation gain to it. So you're you're getting your steps in for sure as you make your way up. And uh, I think, hmm, I think the best way to do this will be just a bit esoteric. I think what I want is to have someone roll to investigate a mystery, and this will it'll represent your entire hike up. This person get help bonus. Because we're all kind of there helping. I think I w- I'd like one person to roll, and then there's a help out move, which we haven't used. But since you're all yeah. together, you could potentially help out. So yes. I have a two plus sharp, but you I'm, go, go I'm, for it. Roll, roll them bones. All right, let's 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 throw this monkey down. Boy, that is a an eight. Actually, that's not terrible. So. In theory, if both of you successfully helped out, you could raise that to a full success. All right. But if either of you miss, then you or have a mixed success, oh. you expose yourself to trouble or danger. So I will leave that up to you. I mean, danger is fun. Now that does, yeah, that does sound fun. <laughs> I'm very tempted to roll. It's a bad idea, though. But because whatever. Because I still have a minus one ongoing. Uh. Okay. You do. Oh. I do have that, that written down. And I have a minus one cool. So that makes this a minus two to the roll. But guess so what? Here on- oh, he's doing it. So you and JR will both need to help out to make this a full okay. success. Okay. Yeah. So do it. Just just a heads up. Never tell me go the odds. Go bigger, go home. Oh, shit. Well, it's an eight for me. To the odds. It's an eight oh. for me. Okay. Well, it started good. No, no. How does a dice roll start? Um, it's a it's a five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's close. So we'll resolve this in turn. Alvin, you failed completely, so I get to take a hard move. Good God. I'm gonna hold that as we play this scene out, but okay. uh, there's there's one waiting for you. So okay. hold, hold tight. JR, you, you got a mixed success, so your help grants Constance plus one, but you also expose yourself to trouble or danger. Great. And I'm going to hold that as well as we play this out. Awesome. Constance, your uh, final result of all this helping out is oh, God. still a nine, which is still <laughs> a mixed success. Um, so on a mixed success for Investigate a Mystery, you get to hold one, and you can use that to ask one of the following questions. What happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? And what is being concealed here? Okay. Um, what happened here? Let's find out what happened here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I think you get maybe two-thirds of the way up the trail. And something catches your eye, Constance. Uh, you are perhaps the most familiar with this trail. You've probably hiked it several times, if not more, given this is sort of in your backyard. And so you you really know what to be on the lookout for. And along the trail, you spot a large boulder that has a bit of blood on it, and it's dried. You can tell that it's it's old. And you you spot that, and the three of you sort of veer off the path. 
and uh, you arrive at this clearing. It's like a bit of a, a plateau, a bit of a mesa here. And in this field, you can see there's a point near the sheer cliff wall that leads further up towards the mountain where there's a clear impact in the ground and there is a thick stain of blood. And coming from that, there are a few bloody boot prints leading away. Leading back down? Leading back down the trail. Okay. By the time they get to the actual trail, there is no more blood, but it's very clear that whatever was here walked back to the trail, but there's no sign of anything else. I think that's about as good as it will get for what happened here. Okay. Jeez, what do you think walked away from this? The Strigoi. <laughs> for our listeners at home, I think this is uh, the site of what we all heard in the intro to the first episode. That was only for the listeners. That wasn't for you. Avert your eyes. or you're learning about any of as you are looking around, you don't come to this information all at once. You know, you are you are sort of searching for other clues. You're trying to see if there's anything else that you can glean here. Alvin, you see, um, it's not quite a cave. It's more of like a crevice, but it looks like it could maybe be big enough for, for something. And you reach your hand in and suddenly oh, you just feel this burning, this yeah. horrible burning. And you pull your hand out and it's just smoking and singed. And there are just these flecks, these metallic bits of dust on your hand. And they look like silver. Please take Ah. one harm, ignore armor. (laughs) (laughs) Did you stick your dog? Yeah. What? God. Did you just stick your hand in a random spot? You couldn't see? What? Well, they looked like there might have been goodies in there. I mean, clues. Um, <laughs> I like make a look to Jr. of a very serious concern. <laughs> Shrug my shoulders. Listen, it's very. Don't put your hand in there. It's really, it's really hot in there. It's like so maybe it's like a thermal vent or something. I like stick that. my hand in there. <gasps> <laughs> You're fine. Huh, I mean, it it kind of just looks like silver. It feel yeah. Oh boy, that's silver. Yeah. Well, uh, at least we know that all that lore is probably true about werewolves, huh? Where? Werewolves? I mean, I haven't turned. You did just moons. howl. Well, I More mean, like I a yelped. was wolf than a werewolf. It hurt really bad. <laughs> <laughs> a, well, a why wolf? Let's just go ahead and 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 put silver down as something that you should probably stay away from. You don't have any jewelry no. hanging about, do you? Okay. No. Oof. We still have more trail to go, don't we? The the way I've sort of set this up is this is what you've gleaned. So I think that you you do walk up through the rest of the trail and you get to the top or at least the summit of this particular trail. I don't getting to the top of Cathedral Peak is a feat that would probably require some equipment and rock climbing ability, mm-hmm. but you get to the the summit of this trail and it is a a stunning overlook of this beautiful Colorado landscape and uh Ooh. I think, JR, you move up to get like a, a nice view and some of the rocks give way underneath you. Right. And the billowy garment that you have is not particularly good at holding your belongings and your phone slips down and disappears oh, over the no. edge. Oh, no. My razor flip phone. Oh, whatever. That wasn't I a do. burner phone? I mean, it was. It was a razor flip phone. Yes, but you are currently <laughs> oh. without access to a phone. Shit. 
I still have... Okay, okay, Which is, okay. to be clear, is the resolution of the mixed success that you rolled on Help Out, the trouble or danger, as you are now unable to contact anyone. Great. Uh, I, still have, hey, I still have Stoney's number, right? That was not... That's what I was about that to was ask. That was on a business card, so <sighs> yeah. Okay. <gasps> All right. Okay. I was like, oh, I hope no, you didn't I mean, just program that in. <laughs> that, that would be... I mean, that's not a mixed success. That's a hard a move. Tragedy. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, um... The three of you examine the summit, but there's no evidence up here. It, it's beautiful, but otherwise uninteresting. Functionally, the result of your investigative mystery is concluded. You investigated this mountain, this trail, and that's what you gleaned was down okay. below. And I lost okay. my goddamn phone. Um, yes. Okay, so this Can is basically the- we get a good the... look at the- Sorry, oh, yeah. Yeah. Can we see where this person fell? You can look down from here and see the clearing below. Okay. So, I mean, you, you can assume that they fell from here, but otherwise, there's not much more information. Okay. It's about 75, 80 feet down. Oh, boy. And it looks like a fall, not a push. You can't tell. Okay. Um, right. While we're at the clearing, Ellen will snap a f- picture of the boot print. Ooh, good, good, good. Yeah. His phone. Yep, that's fine. He thinks about all the, sh- all the like... Crime dramas and like detective video games he's played and Sherlock <laughs> things. It's like it's always matching the boot prints. Yeah, you, <laughs> you gotta match. You gotta take a mold picture of the boot prints. And I'm sure Leon has probably trained you a bit on that. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll give this to you because you did say this before. Um, this matches the boot print that you found at the Moonscape. I was gonna ask. I did that. say Shit. that before. Ha ha. <laughs> wow. And and you would you would have a side by side comparison, so I think you yes. can tell pretty clearly that it's the same boot print. I do that. Ah, ha, ha. Look, I found a clue. Okay, the three of you, um, I think, have concluded your your hike, and you're you're sort of on your way back down. It takes you a little little bit, so it's probably like late afternoon, early evening, maybe like four o'clock by the time you get down. But on your your trip down, you have some time to think about maybe what you want to do next. We could go try to talk to Jasper. We could try to go to that place where the cattle's being rustled. We could go to the campus. Didn't you guys also say that Leon was going somewhere? Where was he going? Something about the source where it all started. I- I'm up to go wherever. At some point, we should probably check on that body in the storage unit. Just I didn't think I'd ever say that, but that's <laughs> a thing. Okay. Yeah, we need to count bodies. If there is a call to the police, is that the body that we hid that someone found somehow? Or I feel is there like they would one? not have let me leave. Yeah, Jasper said that he heard a call over the radio. So somebody was watching us. I'm just saying if that's our body. It could be another be body. Bodies. No, 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 no. So, well, if it's a third dead body. So Jasper was pretty clear that he thought the description matched that of... John or Earl, I can't remember. The other pool John. player. Even if it had been called in by the Strigoi, again, I would have been hauled in because it's my storage unit. Like, there's no way the police would have just not picked me up if they found a dead body. I don't think the person specified where the body was. I don't know how we figure that out because I clearly don't have a good relationship with the police. Um, Mine is, uh, uh, you know, it's it's what I'd call um, a, a difficult. Could you ask Stoney? A complicated. Uh, he did say to call him. Basically, if something weird happens, I'm supposed to call him. 
We could mm. show him the outside of my door where that was scratched to pieces in the That's middle of the night. kind of a strange thing for a police chief it to is. say, it's too. His... He seems to, if weird stuff's happening, he seems to also want to keep it on the DL. Curious if we should ask Stoney. That's twice now that he's... <laughs> You've got a special crooked move, don't you? I do. He's my friend on the force. Although, like, I'm putting air quotes around friend. <laughs> you got to move for I, it. There's lots of ways to interpret the word friend. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I I Contact. mean, look. I mean it's... that that is your friend on the force. Um, yeah. That, I think that move. move is now teed up for you. Yeah, Jr. It's it's yours to to do what you want, but I I think that Stony might be able to shed some light on the 8.36 a.m. call for us. Oh, shit. Okay. What happened at 8.36 a.m. yesterday? Because I can tell you at 6 a.m. something was scratching at our door. Well, wait, the body call was at 8.36 a.m. Yes, and we moved the body way earlier. Way earlier, okay. So you would have probably moved the body at like 7. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so still early enough that they couldn't have done a call about our body Unless it was in my Someone went unit. by and walked by and saw it and was like, oh, a dead body. Okay. I'll finish okay. my walk. All right. Okay. Okay. I've got, I know how to do this. Here's how this is. I could try to call uh, Chief Stoney and ask about it. I don't know how well that conversation is going to go. Uh, also, I need to borrow a cell phone. Pour one out for the flip phone. I'm just losing so much today. My suit. My phone. <gasps> I really think you're gaining something by losing a flip phone, but uh, we can talk about that later. Um, 2008 call, and they want their phone back. Hey, uh, 2004 called. 2012 <laughs> called, and it wants its joke back. Um, so we're getting sidetracked okay, here. We're okay. getting sidetracked, Somebody although excellent movie idea. So the description of Friends on the Force is, you know a few cops who can be persuaded to look the other way or do you a favor under certain considerations. You can act under pressure to get in touch with them when you need to divert law enforcement attention. There will be a cost, although maybe not right now. Yeah, so let me let me borrow somebody's... Um, so I, I'm going to hand you my phone. Okay. JR. And I'm going to say this, and JR, listen. I am often right, like the move often right <laughs> you know that move that gives you a plus one ongoing while you follow my advice i am often right in matters of the heart i'm going to give you my phone i'm sorry to use, what? but only of the heart. only if you can keep your cool and not flirt with the married man <laughs> <laughs> this entire conversation, you will find that I am often right. Uh, Constance, it looks like you're uh, missing some calls. Shh, shh, shh don't worry your, about it. Don't worry about mother? it. <laughs> Ooh, Look, we can dive calls. into my problems later, but right now I am definitely often right. <laughs> All right, okay. I, okay, so I pull out the business card and I, I, I call Snooper, no snooping. Officer, sorry, Chief Stoney. Okay, uh, you're using friends on the force, so this is going to be a act under pressure. Um, All right. We'll see how the, the conversation goes. Okay. And you have a plus one. If, hey, JR, mm -hmm. you get a plus one <laughs> if you follow Constance's advice and don't flirt with the, the police chief. <laughs> Nobody tells JR what to do. In the middle of this conversation. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a, it's a seven. That's a mixed success. So on a mixed success, I'm going to give you a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. 
I think you dial this number and uh, it rings three or four times. And then you, you hear sort of a, hello? Who, uh, who is this? Chief, Chief Stoney, it's, uh, it's JR. Howdy, JR. I, uh, I frankly, I didn't expect to be hearing from you uh, soon, if ever, but uh, what can I do for you? I just remember Jasper told me something when I went to see him. He mentioned something about getting a call over or hearing a call over the police radio about another body being discovered at like 830 in the morning. I don't know if that's if that's relevant. I don't know why he would know that. But I, you know, I'm I'm just curious. Oh, God, this is going so badly Um, about uh, about what that was. Man, I am not good at this. You're just you're just flustered talking to <laughs> talking so to Stony and to trying flirt. not to flirt with him. Following your advice, Constance. God damn it. <laughs> okay. Um uh worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. So I think Stony um takes a beat and then says, uh I'm not quite sure what what your interest is in that, JR. I think um I think I need to know a little bit more about what you're what you're asking about here. What what sort of tree you're barking up? It wasn't an animal, was it? I think you and I both know it wasn't. But it wasn't human either. I'm mighty curious, Jr. I don't know what it was. It looked human, but I don't think it was. Well, that's interesting for sure. Tell you what, Jr. That uh, that part of town where they called that one in, just uh, about twenty blocks from the Prospector, sort of that uh, hipster industrial area. Got some nosy neighbors. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't hang around there. Ooh. Oh fuck! All right. Thank you. And I'm going to hang up the phone before I say something that makes this go south. <laughs> you say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> the intimation. It's Gladys. Of, yes. Fucking the intimation from, from Stoney is that it was likely Gladys who. Um, the dog? Who, what, sorry, oh, God, no. It was likely <laughs> Ethel. <laughs> Shit. Hey, dogs are snoopy as dogs fuck. Are, very are you snoopy. kidding me? Especially golden doodles. They're they're very snoopy. Um, they no, are. it was likely Ethel who placed that call a bit later. She did finish her walk first. Damn it. Okay, so maybe she saw it, but then the reason I haven't been hauled in is because they can't find a body since that call. Constance, you're, you're questioning by Detective Galvan makes substantially more sense now as well. Uh -huh. Yeah. I totally get that now. They're probably like, huh, how strange. We got a call. And then this girl comes in asking about a murder. Um, <laughs> Is there any murders like uh, my house? <laughs> shit. Well, uh, thanks for doing that, JR. I, I did notice I, I, I detected no flirting. Very good. Well, we're very proud well, of you, JR. Very, very proud. Alva gives you a rather heavy pat on the back. You need to understand how, like, incredibly difficult that was. And I do not make any promises about next time. Okay, alright. So what do what's, we, what yeah, we want to do? Next? Should we go to the school? We could go to the... We could go to the campus. Yeah, we could go to the school, but it's not a student. 
He's not a student. And we don't know the dorm. And were we still don't know where squatting? Leon is. They were probably squatting. Or they could have been there for, um, you know how when it's when school's not in session, how when they have groups on campus that are doing like, like I did when I was in, in school, I did a music camp and we stayed in the dorms. So we can go check because in that case, they would have a they would have a notice of someone someone missing probably. So um, for a college. Mm-hmm. Yes. OK. Hey, everybody, it's Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries, here to welcome you to the intermission. If you're in a chair that reclines, feel free to kick your feet up, unless you're in an airplane. That's that's really rude. Don't do that. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode five of Monster Hour. I hope you're enjoying the little tour of Firmament that we organized for you here. Who knew that the real monster was the great outdoors? I'm just kidding. The great outdoors are great. Thanks to everybody who's helped spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review, giving us a shout on social media, or recommending us to a friend. And if you're enjoying the mystery so far and you haven't done one of those things yet, what are you waiting for? Seize the day. Don't let anybody hold you back. That's all I got for you this week, folks. Monster Hour will return in two weeks on September 10th. See you then. So you arrive at the edge of the Fermont College campus. It's at the very western edge of town, nestled between the Elkhorn River and Sharps Bluff, which is sort of a, a steep embankment that descends down into a more rural area. And then further out is where um, the Moonscape's located. It's not a terribly large campus, and uh, you can actually see a good deal of it from where you're standing on the edge. Most of the buildings have a vaguely Gothic Revival architectural style to them, though it ranges from simple decorative moldings and angular roofs to uh, stately vaulted archways and imposing steeples. Uh, Almost all the structures are made of sandstone masonry with this vibrant red-orange tiled roofs. The only exception is the Sabin Science Building, which has a much more modern design. The dutifully manicured lawn between the buildings is dotted with towering, long-bowed trees. And uh, although it is summer uh, and the campus appears to be largely empty, there are a handful of students and faculty that are sort of sitting out in the quad, which opens up more or less directly ahead of you. So to just give you sort of like a rough sense of like layout and scale, because Furman College is a lot of locations in and of itself, it can roughly be divided into four areas. The front right section is where the quad and the lecture halls are. The front left section is where the Chamberlain Library and the Sabin Science Building are. The back left corner is where the three main dorms are, Aspen, Ponderosa, and Willow. Uh, And then the back right is where you can find the athletic fields and the, the amphitheater that overlooks the Elkhorn River. Uh, And then finally, sort of in the center of it all is the Commons, which is home to the Student Life Center, the Student Union, and a large food court with a bunch of overpriced dining options. Okay. um, To the dorms. Dorms? Talk to the RA. Yeah. Yeah, this is Alvin's territory, really, the most out of any of us. Yeah. I mean, I'll show you around. I'll show you all the hot spots that I used to go to. Yeah, I mean, Uh, Alvin, you did graduate, like, what, a year ago? No, I... I think we said was Alvin dropped out. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, because of all the, the personal he, things. But you, you, he was uh, about a year left. Attended like about a year ago. Yeah, yeah. I think you, yeah. you got to senior year, and then uh, monst- 
extra stuff started happening. Yeah. So you want to go to the dorms? Yeah. I think the dorms make sense. We've got two clues that put this person at the university, and one is they had a sweatshirt, and the other is they stayed in the dorms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you you sort of make your way across campus. As you walk through the quad, Constance, you actually see uh, your dad no. sort of sitting um, <laughs> at uh, like a small table, sort of at the edge of the quad. He uh, appears to be having a conversation with another professor, but we established that your dad is a professor, and so he is he is there. <laughs> I don't think he notices you, so if you um, want to sort of slip past, that's up to you. Yeah, I'm going to attempt to slip past, but at the end of the day, it's not the worst thing if my dad notices me. He he gets it. <laughs> Your dad is a, a man of passion and a man who throws his self into whatever he's doing, and right now he's talking to someone, and he, I think he just doesn't notice you if you don't approach him. So uh, you you continue on through campus and you approach the three dorm buildings. They sort of look like dorm buildings. They're not particularly nice. They're probably the least attractive buildings on campus. Aspen Hall is kind of the freshman building. It's where most people enter into. There is Ponderosa, um, which is kind of like a, a general purpose dorm. Alvin, when you and uh, Leon were, were roommates, you spent mm-hmm. your time in Ponderosa. Uh, and mm-hmm. then there is Willow, which is kind of um, has a bunch of different sort of floors and halls and segments for uh, special interest groups and stuff like that. So those are the three sort of dorm buildings that you have ahead of you. Okay. Oh, it gives a little smile and just eyes linger on Ponderosa. To is Ponderosa? There... Yeah, Ponderosa. Oh, no, that's just thinking about his, thinking about the good old days when he was human. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that first year of college, what a wild time. But it is general purpose, so I guess that kind of makes sense. Let's go. (laughs) Let's do it. I mean, it's where you feel comfortable. Uh, Yeah, Constance is a little nervous on campus, given that she just saw her dad and she is faking ill and her mom could be on campus. So she's just going to go wherever you guys want, but she's really got her eyes peeled for people. She's just (laughs) on the lookout. Yeah, I do think, Constance, you would probably know during the summer, your mom is sort of like, um, she's in a... Not a unique role necessarily, but um, I think a lot of the physical science professors at Firmament are funded by or guest lecturers from the Colorado National Laboratory, including your mom. And so, um, especially during the summer when she's not lecturing, she is almost certainly not on campus. She's likely at CNL. Okay. So you're you're clear in that regard, although your father is very much there. Yeah. So the, the three of you want to go to Ponderosa? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. You head up to Ponderosa and there's sort of like a a main entry area. There's these big glass doors and windows that sort of sprawl out and you can see inside a welcome foyer. But it is also clear that these doors are locked and there's sort of like a key fob, like, um, I don't know, receptacle, I guess, uh, indicator where... where, and and Alvin and Constance, you remember this. There there are key mm-hmm. cards for students that you need to access the dorms. Huh. Uh, Interesting. Look at Alvin. And be like, so you said you're yeah, like your yeah, key kind of opens up doors, right? Let's. Uh, I don't know how technologically advanced it is, but let's give it a whirl. Um, I'm gonna pull out my my magic key. Uh, you take your skeleton key out, and as you do so, it starts to sort of hum. Almost. Mm, that's uh, new. And you can feel it vibrating slightly in your hand. I think 
it would have done this before if you tried to use it to unlock something. Okay. It's subtle, certainly, but it's sort of shaking in your hand and you hold it up to the key fob Mm -hmm. and then in an instant it stops and the key fob flashes green and the door opens. (laughs) Alvin whispers under his breath, Alohomora. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right, we go in. Alvin, I think it's, um, I mean, you tell me, but it's probably a bit of a, a feeling of nostalgia. I know you, you sort of smiled yeah. and thought about the good times from the outside, but uh, I think being in there is, is probably even more s- substantial. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been that long either. You know, he's, you know, he looks around, he remembers the like brick painting party on the first day everyone did down in the, down here in the common area. You know, he remembers not a, small number of nights stumbling home with Leon drunk and trying to sneak back to their room without getting caught by an RA. You know, they, he remembers pulling pranks on, on other students on the, on the floor. Just being a, a carefree young college student who hasn't figured out what he wants to do yet, but is trying not to think about it. I think that nostalgia is made more poignant uh, as you begin to make your way through this dorm, because it is empty. You start searching through this building, and it's terribly quiet compared to your experience. Right. I think you start heading down one of the halls, and it's um, it's also quite dark. It's still light out outside, but there are no windows, and so the only illumination are these dim, sort of stale fluorescent lamps every 10 feet or so. And so while you remember this as, as a place of revelry and, and energy, mm-hmm. it's very peaceful now in sort of a stagnant way. I think it's not until you reach the third floor that something catches your eye. You're making your way sort of through the east wing, and you notice that one of the doors to one of the dorm rooms is ajar. Hmm. And as you get closer, you can tell that something is amiss. It's not hanging properly. It's not hanging right on the frame, almost as though it's been bent or broken to prevent it from closing. Huh. Alvin, you go first. Uh, yeah, sure. You're uh, you're big and tough. Uh, yeah, Alvin slowly kind of approaches the this ajar door, pushing it aside, and like the growing fur on his hackles standing on end peers around the corner to look inside. So inside, I mean, you know what these dorm rooms look like, and it does Mm -hmm. look like your standard college dorm room. There are two twin beds on either side of the room and two desks sitting in front of a window on the opposite side. The curtains are shut, but there's sort of a sliver of light that is is cutting through, and there are particles of dust that are flitting about in its wake. There's a closet towards the back, but it does look like there are some signs of activity. Some of the linens are slightly amiss. There's a few things on one of the desks. You can't quite make it out just from your position, but it does look like something has been here somewhat recently. It's clear, you guys. All right. I'd like to look and see what's on the desk. Jared, why don't you go ahead and roll Investigate a Mystery for me? All right. I would love nothing more. That's an eight. Okay. That is a mixed success. So you get to hold one. And the questions again are, what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? And what is being concealed here? I would like to know what happened here. You sort of step in past uh, Alvin and begin surveying the room. And and in particular, I think you, you look at the desk first. 
On it, you see a map and it has a big colorful bubbly logo on it that says Firmament Visitors Bureau and History Museum. And I think you take a beat to look around the rest of the room and you see a couple other things. There are a pair of hiking boots resting against the closet that are caked in this dry burgundy that you, I think JR, would recognize as dried blood. Right. And as you move to inspect them, you see that some of the linens on these two beds are stained with blood. Great. As you step further into the room, you hear the closet door slide open. Ah! And from the darkness of it, something moves towards you. Shit! And that's where we're going to stop. Ah!